a really nice practice is um, to sit with the unknown. Just sit with it, just find a chair or sit down on a pillow and practice just letting your mind go and your body go and just allowing whatever wants to come up to come up. And it's a great practice for allowing the unknown to, to come up because we want to try and control ourselves, don't we? Control our thoughts and our minds and, and our discomfort. But how can we just be in that unknown? Oh, what will happen? What will happen? Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Being Inspired Radio Show. I am your host, Amanda Johnson, and I am back with another guest this week who is certain to uplift, inspire, delight you. Uh, his voice alone just gets me going because he's got a great accent, and I always like talking with people with accents. Um, and this is a guest that is maybe familiar to some of you because he has been on the show before, which is awesome, and he is back for round two. And I love having the opportunity to get in deep with people who inspire me, who are outliving their life from a place of love, from a place of service, from wanting to offer their gifts in the way that they know how to. And um, our guest today is certainly doing that, at least from what I can see across the pond uh, through social media and through our conversations. So today I have once again, Adam Palmer with us. And uh, like I said, if you haven't already listened to our first conversation, make sure you go out and have a listen to that one as well. We get into some really good stuff. And I know this one uh, will be just as uplifting, invigorating as the other. So Adam Palmer is a writer and transformational coach who considers himself a seeker, traveler, and someone who is finding his way and helping others do the same. Adam encourages people to take responsibility for their own happiness and well-being. As he likes to say, discover yourself and your potential. So Adam, welcome back to the show. This is fun. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me again. What were you thinking? <laughs> I don't know, once. but I, I mean, you know, gosh, we just once wasn't enough, maybe twice. <laughs> there will be three times. We'll go. We'll just keep having these conversations. Fingers crossed. Uh, yeah. Of course. I, you know, these are, I was actually talking with another guest the other day about what inspires me and these conversations inspire me. And that is why I call it the being inspired radio show. One of the reasons is because um, having deep, meaningful conversations that get at the core of who we are and help us to remember who we truly are. I, I could spend all day, every day talking about it. And so it is such a, pleasure and treat for me to get to share that with people like yourself so thank it's you. the best thing to talk about in the world i know i honestly really don't is. know how people can have any other type of conversation <laughs> i i don't understand it i mean talk about the weather sure but come on talk about who we are in our mm. in our soul essence oh so, yeah anyway we share the same passion yeah. And those of you listening, I mean, either you just randomly stumbled upon this and, you know, you're in for a treat and a ride if you stay with us, or you are like us and this stuff lights you up to your core. And if it doesn't yet, you're at least interested enough to, uh, to hang in there and see where it takes you. So thank you for joining us. So today we are going to be looking at and potentially exploring, although, you know what, I can never promise where these conversations will lead. Um, but what we are assuming is that we're going to be exploring what it means to befriend the unknown and to 
be with uncertainty because to be fair, uh, I, I am becoming clearer and clearer in my own life that that is one of the biggest issues we have as humans is not liking uncertainty, you know, this resistance to uncertainty, the needing to know everything, the needing to be in control. And that to me is what creates suffering and pain. And well, maybe not always pain. I think pain is a given, but it definitely creates the suffering component and, and the, the, um, you know, I think our, our just endless searching and, and needing other things outside of ourselves. So, Adam, we'll see where this conversation takes us, but I know we started to scratch at the surface of it in our last one. And so today I chose a quote to start the show with um, from one of my favorite books that I have read on my journey. And I say that not because it's necessarily the best written or, or the one with all of the information that none of the others have. Simply, it was the book that got me started on this journey. It really served as a um, my pivot point, if you will, and and I think for forever it will be dear and near to my heart because of that. And I will always look to it as like, ah, when I read The Power of Now, my life changed. And so that was for me my turning point. And that will be the book I read a quote from today. So for those not familiar, this is The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Tolle, you know, Adam, how do you pronounce it? I have now heard both uh, as of late. So I've heard both. I say Eckhart Tolle, but I could be equally wrong. To be fair, I, yeah. So for I've never heard him say it before. I haven't either. So for those no. of you listening, you can, you know, it's Eckhart Tolle, Eckhart Tolle, whomever you want to, however you want to say it. Um, but these are his words and I'm going to read these words. And then Adam, I'm going to ask you what they mean to you or what that brings up in you. Uh, to get us started on our conversation. The mind conditioned as it is by the past always seeks to recreate what it knows and is familiar with. Even if it is painful, at least it is familiar. The mind always adheres to the known. The unknown is dangerous because it has no control over it. In other words, you would rather be in pain than take a leap into the unknown and risk losing the familiar, unhappy self. And I'm gonna read that last portion again, because to me, this is the, the nugget. You would rather be in pain than take a leap into the unknown and risk losing the familiar, unhappy self. That just pretty much covers everything that I could ever say about the unknown. So thanks for having me, Amanda. All right, it's been well, really Adam, good. it's been a pleasure. <laughs> Oh, where do you go from there, though, from an Eckhart Tolle quote? That's, that's, that's a, a challenge. You're welcome. <laughs> you, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I see it the same way. Um, I see it as something that we tend to naturally avoid because the unknown is terrifying. Um, the outcome is, is just darkness. That's how I see, that's how I have seen the unknown is just darkness, like trying to work your way through a dark passage and not knowing what's there, you know, or just being in the dark in general. Um, what I've found to be true in my life is that when I've trusted in the unknown, if I've taken a new path or made a choice that has led me in a new direction, it's always ended up teaching me something really valuable or, offering me something unexpected um, that has made a big impact 
in my life. Um, yeah, I think that's where I'd start. I think no, that's that great. That's perfect because I. So as you say that, this is so interesting to me, which is, and and Eckhart says it a little bit here that we would, you know, we would rather stay in the pain, which to me could be darkness. I mean, you know, if we think mm -hmm. about our lives and sometimes the, the, whatever we're experiencing can feel very dark, very heavy, very uncomfortable, and yet it's familiar. And so mm -hmm. we stay in it. And this is what's so cu I'm curious about and what your thoughts are is that why do you think we, well, I guess, why do you think we do that? Why do you think we stay with what is, even if it doesn't feel to be serving us, because here's my assumption is that the known is still, it's an illusion. Because just because I'm sitting here saying, well, I know what's going to happen if I stay here. No, I don't. I never know what's going to happen mm -hmm. in this moment. Mm -hmm. So why do we, or, or what are your thoughts about, I don't know if you know why, but what are your thoughts on why we stay or, or how the known really isn't the known? I mean, we don't ever know what's going to happen next, right? There's comfort in familiarity. And that's what we're trying to hold on to. Mm -hmm. It's not the known, it's, it's the familiar. Because even though a lot of the time the familiar doesn't serve us, we know it to be within our comfort zone, within our realm of what we can take on. Mm -hmm. So I think that's why we clutch onto what we know, even when we know it's there's, there's so much more for us out there. Yeah. And so what was that like for you? I mean, you, you referenced, you pointed to, you've taken these steps into the unknown and, and then you've had these unexpected moments, experiences. Um, what mm. was that like? What did that look like? What did that take? Um, what did it feel like to do that? Well, my journey started when I was traveling 10 years ago in Australia. And like we said um, in the last show, one of the aspects that was significant to me was surrendering, you know, this concept of surrendering. And for me, it was surrendering to the unknown. So I remember thinking, okay, well, my life up to now hasn't led me to where I want to be and hasn't led me to feel the way that I want to feel. So how can I give it up to the universe or to life and trust that the universe will show me what I need to know in order to move forwards to be the person that I want to be because there's no one single person that can lead me in that direction I don't know the answer so almost in a moment of desperation I just kind of reached out and said you know life just just show me and, and I remember at the time thinking I'm happy to be a completely different person. I'm happy to be, you know, um, born again within a religion or uh, a complete atheist or, um, you know, come back with completely new opinions and, and to drop old stuff and was completely open to anything. And the result of that was I was led toward the unknown. I didn't know what that was going to look like, but I remember knowing that I needed to accept whatever came to me. So that was the unknown that was delving down that kind of dark alley. Um, but it didn't feel like a dark alley to me at the time, because when you've got the contrast of how things, uh, of, of your past, which, well, this doesn't work, 
then it's it's trusting in what life wants to present to you and the result of that was chance meetings with people that taught me something that I really needed to know mm. or were able to touch upon things like that were unsettled in me and experiences that just led me to coincidence after coincidence after coincidence and so kind of being okay with not knowing what was coming led me to kind of go oh, if i just trust in the unknown good things will come you know because i trust that good things will mm-hmm. you know so i'm happy to venture into the dark with that in mind yeah, there's so much that you're saying. A couple things are coming up right away, which is there's this um, this concept of, you know, seeing in the dark because you're right. The unknown can feel like you're walking into the darkness or the dark alley. And yet um, I actually have a, a client and a, a book will be coming out that I could probably be quoting this from soon. Um, but the concept I'm sure exists already, which is, you know, this idea of how long how to become comfortable in the dark or how long do I need to be in the dark? And, and the answer is until you can see in the dark. Right? <laughs> if you think about it, our eyes adjust, right? You think about walking yeah. in a dark room and if that is for you, the unknown, if you stay there long enough, your eyes will adjust and you'll start to make things out and you'll start to see things take shape. Um, so I think there is that, that component of it doesn't always have to feel dark and scary and looming. Mm-hmm. The other thing I'm hearing you say is that there's this, first of all, it took this willingness to surrender this this trust to go okay i'm willing to move forward into the unknown i'm willing to surrender to what's coming and then you also said that you then needed to accept whatever you were greeted with or met with and i think mm-hmm. for many of us uh, and i'll be curious if you what your thoughts are if you have any on this in terms of some of us may say okay i want to surrender i want to surrender look i've i've surrendered i can't do this anymore and then there's still resistance or there is still this, um, like they're still stuck. And I think what I'm hearing from you is it might, the, the, the key to that, or maybe part of the, the magic in that is, is where we are, we are accepting. So when we do surrender, if we're still holding on, like, but then I want this to happen, right? Or um, I'll only say yes, to these opportunities. So talk a little bit more about like the accepting. And, and I think we talked about this in the last show a little bit. Maybe we can go in deeper here of, yeah, again, that how do we know what to say yes to and, and what not to say yes to, right? So mm-hmm. when we're trusting, when we're willing, then what does that acceptance look like? How do we, um, I mean, is it everything that comes your way is a, is a yes? Or what do you do in those moments to, to navigate it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good question. Um, I, I like the word acceptance. Um, I love the word acceptance, actually. But I, I also like the word allowing. And I think that that's an apt word for this, you know, like allowing what needs to happen to happen um, without the resistance, you know, and that's where the acceptance comes in. You're absolutely right. Um, and then acceptance is like, acceptance is another thing i think because it's only with hindsight that we realize oh i get why that happened now and you're able to connect the dots as to why that situation happened and at the time it just felt like oh why is this happening to me you know we we all experience that all the time 
you know, why, why is this, why does everything happen to me? We tell that whole story. But if you're able to accept the unknown and allow yourself to move in a direction of adventure, I like, it's a word that's been significant to me recently, you know, accept the adventure, then it allows you to trust in what comes up for you. And that's another yeah. word I love, you know, just trust. trust, trust, you know, it's all happening for you. It's not happening to you or at you. A hundred percent. And I think the, um, that what, as we can have hindsight and we look back and go, Oh, and if we can take a moment to acknowledge that, and sometimes that's the first place to start. I think that was one of the first things I did. I was very, um, thanks to Eckhart Tolle, Tolle. I, I learned a lot about this um, non-resistance and non-attachment. And through practicing some of those ways of being, I noticed myself doing some exercises like, let's look back in my life. And when did things occur that at the time I may have been like, what? And, you know, what just happened? Why did that happen? And now I can see, I can connect the dots to your point. And by having that for my mind, because it's the mind that is, is, is limiting me at times, right? It's the mind that's mm. getting stuck and being like, Ooh, I don't know about this. Are you sure about this? Are you really, can you trust in that? And if I can't, um, quiet it down on its own, I sometimes will use it to get on my side, right? I will say, okay, look, I'm going to bring you along the journey and I'm going to show you, we're going to, we're going to analyze this. We're going to take a look at all the things that have happened in the past and we're going to see, oh my goodness, if this hadn't happened and if this hadn't happened and if this hadn't happened, I wouldn't be where I am today. And now I can yeah. start to see how life is supporting me, how the world, the universe, God is supporting me. And um, through that data, in my left brain, I can start to relax and trust more. And I think that's mm -hmm. so pivotal for trust. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. How do you work? I mean, you work with clients. You, I mean, you, I'm sure talk to friends, you're, you know, with people a lot. And how do you um, approach this idea of, of trust? and surrender mm -hmm. and, and when those fears arise or when, um, because you know, what I'm sitting here thinking to myself is, I mean, it's now that I've practiced it, it's one thing, but there mm -hmm. was a time where boy, it was scary. And I still witness myself and others, you know, certainly it's easier to see it in others and ourselves at times really not be in a state of surrender. So what do you offer? What do you think or say in those times? Well, there's no black and white answer really to that. I mean, everyone's different and everyone has different resistances, um, different levels of trust that they need to um, incorporate into their, into their lives. Um, I suppose what comes to me is the more you do, the more you understand what's possible and the more you can incorporate new habits into your life. Um, because we believe what we see an awful lot of the time. And so when we prove something to ourselves, then it becomes the norm and it becomes part of that comfort zone that we talked about earlier on. Um, so that's where I would start with, uh, with a client is actually to, to start to get them to implement certain practices and, and actually take certain risks because nothing starts without a leap of faith. When people start coaching with me, that's a leap of faith. That's a, I'm ready, let's do this. This is scary, but let's do it anyway. 
So just doing, just, you know, accepting the adventure or accepting the challenge or how, however you want to perceive it. Begin there. And along the way, things will come up for you. You know, uh, the resistances kick in when you're trying to do. And, and it's at that stage where um, for my clients, I'm able to figure out why that's coming up for them and try and get to the, the root of that problem or that challenge. Nothing's a problem, you know. And the more we understand why we see things the way that we see them, the less power they have over us so we can continue to move forwards. But certainly one of the things that I've realized is rationally knowing something is not as effective as, as knowing something and believing it and living from that place. Because we can rationally know things. Yeah, I know I need to leave that job. You know, yeah, I know I shouldn't be with that person or, you know, whatever the situation is. But until you know it deep in your core and that's a, that becomes a belief and a part of who you are, then nothing really changes. Mm-hmm. You know, love- and it starts with the leap. You've got to take that leap to begin with just to start the journey and then you can build up the momentum. Leaping into the unknown is what mm-hmm. will give you the greatest knowing mm-hmm. because to your point, we can sit here and think it logically, rationally, knowing it. And I 100% agree, there is a difference when we know it in our beingness, and that is only through experience. That is only through doing it. Mm-hmm. I love that encouragement. But it has to start somewhere. Yes. And it doesn't have to necessarily start with the biggest thing. I mean, you know, no. I quit my job with no plan B. That was my mm-hmm. leap, and I, I took a big one. And I, was, mm-hmm. and I, just, I, I chose to dive into the deep end. Yeah. And I have learned many things through that. And I have received many gifts. And to this day, I feel like I now, I, I can never unknow what that's like. I will never right. unknow what it's like to be fully supported by the universe, to know that things are happening for me. Equally, it doesn't have to be that large, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well. Um, or what are your thoughts? Tell so, me more. Well, well my, my experience uh, is that a leap of faith is generally towards something big. Like I need to make a big change. And for me, like pulling myself out of my comfort zone was traveling solo. And I knew that was something that I needed to do at the time. But it was daunting. And it was more about what other people were telling me. You know, they'd say, oh, you're so brave doing that. Like, really? Am I? And it makes you start questioning yourself, whether that's something that you should do or you're capable of doing. But I remember thinking, no, I know I have to do this. There was something in me that just knew I had to take that leap. And the thing about taking a big leap of faith is that you don't actually, it's not like jumping off a mountain. You do take small steps to get there. So for me, I thought to myself, okay, I want to go to Australia. That's what I want to do. It's a big jump. I'm going to leave my job. You know, I need to figure out, you know, I need to book the ticket and I need to find out where I'm going to stay and where I'm going to go. And I don't really know. Like, it's all the unknown at this stage. 
But I thought, well, I know on my lunch break, I'll go to the travel agent and look at prices, which I did. And actually, that was quite enjoyable, you know, because I got to feel my way a little bit and, oh, maybe it is, you know, affordable. And, and when I'm there, perhaps I'll ask, well, what's a good place to, to stay at? You know, how, how do other people do it? And then you start, you know, building up an idea of what it's going to look like, but gradually. And so a leap of faith is small steps in the same way that coaching, you take the leap and you sign up, but then, you know, uh, eight to 12 weeks of coaching doesn't happen like that. You know, you take the first session, you have the initial conversation, you build it up, you then get to the next stage and the next stage and the next stage until hopefully you never need me again, (laughs) you know? So a leap of faith is necessary towards a big goal, but it doesn't have to happen all at once. Like just one step at a time, one day at a time can change everything. I love that. I love that. And there's this, this image of, I mean, I'm thinking of as we do anything that seems impossible or overwhelming, of course, we've heard this a million times in different ways that it is, it's, it's one word at a time. It's one step at a time. It's one, you know, um, one thing at a time. And that's, I think there's a little bit of, mm, it could seem like we're trying to gain control in those moments. Like, Oh, I need to know what's happening. And mm-hmm. so it's still practicing for every one of those to allow, I think for me to allow myself to still, um, be surprised or be, you know, be open and willing to allow the guidance for the next thing. So I remember, um, you know, thinking of it like breadcrumbs or, you know, going on a, going on a trip or when I left my apartment in San Francisco and I didn't know where I was going next. It is, it's this thing of, okay, where next? Okay. Now Mm -hmm. what? So maybe Mm -hmm. it is going to the travel agent and, oh, then they're going to give me more information and then I'll know what to take. So it's not planning it out, right? It's Mm -hmm. not sitting here and saying, I'm going to take a leap of faith next year so today i'm going to do this and then tomorrow i'm going to do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly we still want to allow ourselves to have that state of surrender but what i hear you saying is that surrender and leaping can happen in in moment by moment um allowing right this moment by mm-hmm. moment allowing and then allowing mm-hmm. and then being mm-hmm. guided yeah i mean my instagram was the same yeah. oh sorry well, no please um, keep going no my instagram was the same um in the sense that it was actually a friend of mine said, your writing's great. Why don't you share it? And I thought, well, I've always wanted to, but it's quite scary, you know, uh, just, just do a post. Yeah. Well, well that's okay. I mean, who's going to see one post? I'll just do an article, you know, and I, I won't share it with my friends. Yeah. Great. I'll do that. And, and, and you put it up and, and you didn't die and you didn't get any horrible uh, comments or anything. You think, well, I'll do one the next day. And then the next day, and then you develop a following and, oh, I'm getting good feedback here. And then the next day and the next time, maybe I'll do a video. Cringe. And then you, you know, and you gradually get better and better and better until you're on podcasts and which cringe. But you know what I'm saying? You know, it's none of it has to happen all at once. And coaching actually came about as a result of, of my Instagram account and people coming to me and saying, well, actually, I love what you write about. It really resonates with me. Do you offer advice? Do you, uh, do you offer mentorship? And no, but maybe I should. So I'll do a post to say, if anyone's interested, I'm offering a free consultation. And then it grows and, you know, 
and and again surrendering into the organic nature of how things can happen yes i love it's changed that. my life it's changed my life that and that not, was the question like yes and that was going to be my question so you're already answering it so feel free if there's more otherwise there's um i'd love to ask a follow-up there like what has this practice of surrender over these years you know how has it changed your life what does your life look like feel like now that it didn't five ten however many years ago i was unconscious um before i went to uh australia um when i say unconscious i was conscious i was alive but i wasn't aware you know i wasn't consciously aware um and so prior to that the concept of surrender meant something quite different and i suppose my journey has shown me what surrender can mean um i think that's probably the best way i can answer that question and it's I suppose it's gradually, I suppose it's, it's not changed all that much over the years, but it's just that I've learned to trust in it more. So like we said last time, you know, it's a way of life. Mm -hmm. um, but the more I do it, the more certain I am that I can trust mm -hmm. and I can surrender and I can let things flow um, easily. Things don't have to be a fight. Things don't have to be forceful, you know. Um, and actually, I can just move with ease and let things kind of happen the way that they want to. And, and the ironic thing is that even though I hadn't planned to do this work, kind of there was always a part of me that wanted to. And I never foresaw me having the capabilities of doing it and certainly not speaking on a podcast. I was so, um, I was not an eloquent person. Um, prior to only a few years ago. And that's come about as a result of writing regularly um, and learning how to express myself. And so again, just surrendering to my curiosity, like eh, maybe I'll just do some journaling today. Sounds like fun, you know? And sometimes it starts with that, just an inclination, like that'd be fun, I could do that, you know? I, might draw something or pick up a guitar or, and, and that can change your life. And it doesn't feel like it. it feels, it doesn't feel constructive. Like, well, I really should be concentrating on work right now. You don't, you, you know, you, work isn't the only constructive thing. And I can go on a bit of a tangent about that stuff. I'll use this moment to interject and ask. Yeah, yeah, please you do. Said earlier, you made this almost offhanded comment. I said, ooh, 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 wait, wait, let's go back to that. Yeah. <laughs> that when you first went to Australia, um, as you were prior, you know, unconscious, meaning unaware and, and uh -huh. sleep or whatever you want to say, that mm -hmm. um, you surrender meant something different to you then than it does now. And I'd love mm -hmm. to know if you can recall well, what did it used to mean and what does it mean now or what and I know we've already been talking about it, but if you could, you know, put it into a few sure. words. Yeah, no, sure. Um, well, I mean, prior to that, I suppose surrender meant um, giving in to someone or something, uh, being weak. Um, oh, I surrender. I surrender. Don't hurt me. I surrender. Um, and I never gave it much thought really but i suppose now thinking about it that's how i would have heard it 
so yeah the meaning of the word surrender has changed dramatically in my life um i don't need to be subjugated to surrender you know i i can just surrender to what is and surrender and it's a huge part of my meditation practice as well it's just kind of embracing what is that's a it's become a huge part of my life and i still i still um it's still a work in progress you know as we are yeah. but it's, every day i have to remind myself to surrender you know it doesn't just come like like that like naturally easily um but i have to choose to live in that place every day and there's and now there's a power in it i imagine because i think of you know i've had that same experience where surrender felt weak or um mm -hmm. you know giving in even even the word acceptance for a long time had that quality to me that essence of well if i accept what is i'm giving in i'm rolling over mm -hmm. i'm going oh yeah. well, okay do what you will with me that's fine it's this very passive um it can feel very passive and i remember my aha moment where being accepting what is equally surrendering to what is there's a, a very similar mm -hmm. quality there um, <clears throat> one of the most active things to do because it does to your point take active conscious choice and awareness we i think by default tend to to resist and kind of fight back or push or control that tends to be our default so if i really want to be more actively engaged or involved in my life more conscious i am mm -hmm. making the choice to accept allow surrender and that mm -hmm. i think is a, a paradigm shift for a lot of us to go oh it's not weak or passive it's active and powerful that's mm -hmm. cool you know mm -hmm. i i heard uh you, we were talking about eckhart toll and i heard one of his meditations uh not too long back actually and he was talking about just sitting and not forcing anything not um trying to make anything happen with your mind, not trying to force it to be still, um, but actually just embracing whatever comes up and noticing the sounds around you and, and noticing whatever sensations come up in, up in your body and almost disassociate, associating from them um, and kind of say, you know, it, as and when things come up, just kind of acknowledging, ah, well, that's interesting, that's okay, that's there. You know, and, and uh, I did a meditation earlier on and I had the window open and I, I heard an ambulance or a, or a uh, I don't know, police car or something. And uh, the siren was going off and, and I just thought, that's interesting. It's not racket if you just look at it. It's not, do you know what I mean? It's, it's not 100%. Uh, unpleasant. It's not unpleasant if you can just kind of embrace it, absorb it. And you begin to feel like you're part of it. You're part of your surroundings. And you sort of fall I into a nice little heard. void there. It's lovely. I think it was Ram Das. <laughs> forgive me for interrupting. Ram Das had this. Uh, I've listened to a lot of Ram Das talks. Uh, they've been recorded probably since the 70s, 80s, not, you know, and they've been now, they're being released as podcasts. And he, uh, in one of them decades ago, uh, was doing his thing and giving his talks and speaking all of this wisdom into the room. And there was this, Mm -hmm. very distraught child who started w crying and crying and going on and on and this was right toward the end he was about to make a really you know beautiful point and he stops and he breathes with the child and we we all hear it i mean it's there's no 
silencing that child in that moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he, he acknowledges it and he says, wow, breathe that in. That's free energy right there. I mean, that's just like, take that energy and breathe it in and embrace it. Be part of it. That is, yeah. and he's, he said that. that Isn't it beautiful? A crying child. Energy. I mean, that is free energy given to us if we should, should uh, see it that way. But we're so, we so want to control and push away. And uh, this is now, once again, we've now led into our third conversation because now this is <laughs> where we're going, but that's it. This idea of, I think even those of us on a spiritual path or on a self-realization path or whatever you want to call it these days, self-development, there's this, there's even this tendency to still control and manipulate and mm. make known and, you know, see things the way we want to see it or experience things the way we want to experience. And this is a constant, I don't want to say dilemma. It's not even that strong for me. It's, it's simply something I'm aware of. I, I notice it a lot and I either notice it in myself or I notice it in others. And I'm with the question of it, like, Hmm, so how am I, still trying to control, manipulate, assert um, my own, this is what I want to have happen, all out of, because I don't know, I don't want to be with the unknown or the uncertainty, right? That kind of, I'm trying to guard myself from it. Yeah. So I hear what you were talking about in that. I think that's one of, I believe Eckhart is why I learned how to meditate is because of his, I didn't have to do anything specific. Mm-hmm. I just had to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when we can be, then we can allow whatever is into our mm-hmm. experience. That's it, into our space. That's what we don't like. You know, something is in your space, you know, that siren or that baby. Oh, it's just in my space, you know. And, and you feel like it's actually in you and on you. And you're like, oh, I just, I just want it away from me, you know. But doesn't have to be that way you know and you can and you can welcome things into your space and and these you know i mean those examples that we gave they're not really anything that's gonna really affect your life it's just a tiny detail it's just a minor thing it's not important really and can you be the the person that notices yourself getting drawn into the the mind you know when you hear the sound and oh for goodness sake and then catch yourself and go, okay, well, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna absorb this. I'm just gonna allow this just to just to receive it, you know, into my space and accept it. And that's okay. You know, that may, that makes a huge difference. Yeah. The moment I think it comes from the power of now, uh, where Eckhart says, the moment you realize you are not present, you are present. Or the moment for me, I use that to go, the moment I realize that I'm getting caught up in my my mind, my head is the moment I'm present, like that mm-hmm. is the act of presence and the practice of presence. Yeah. And it's for me to tie it back to being in the unknown is you, we must be in the now. We must be present to enter the unknown. Mm-hmm. I mean, that and it almost sounds silly to say that because let's just be honest, we're never not in the present. <laughs> no, that's right. I mean, that's the truth. Yeah. yeah. Wherever our mind is, you know, our mind, mm-hmm. the, the unknown is only scary when we are worrying about, you know, kind of dwelling on the past or worrying about the future. That's right. The only time the unknown has its power over us. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it's here and now. It's not very often, it's not very often where we're in the now and we're actually in grave danger. That happens like hardly ever. 
Yeah. So it and is it just does, the thought of it, isn't it? <laughs> when it does, it's too late. It's too late. It's, it's too just late. happened. <laughs> and then you deal with it. And then you yeah. deal with it, right? There was no like, I always calmly, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, most people are like yeah. worrying about what might happen. It's like, well, yeah. I'll I gotta be honest, the moment you actually do burn your hand on the stove, you'll just deal with it then. You didn't need to yeah. worry about burning your hand. No, no, that's right. Yeah. No, and I'm still one of those people. Uh, I still get caught up in it in it all and you know, but that's why it's so important to show up every day and, and do your meditation. And I know I go on and on about meditation, but like, it's, it's such a huge part of my life and it really does just, it gives you the space to just step back into who you are and not be quite so sucked into everything around you. Um, and you can then approach the day differently, consciously. It's not about you know, like you say, presence, we're always present, but it's, are we always consciously aware? I know I'm not, but I, I hope that I can be, you know, throughout the course of my day. And I catch myself like, oh. I just zoned out then and started to actually, and my mind started playing tricks on me and, you know, and, and catching it before, before it goes off on too much of a tangent and brings me down because yeah, it happens all the time. Thousands and thousands of times a day, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I forget how many thoughts a day we have. So anyway, something like sixty thousand. I don't know. I really don't. Yeah. So many. Thoughts. Yeah. That yeah. Can, that can way too many. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How many? How um, many thoughts do you think Eckhart Tolle has in the course of a day? Three. <laughs> no, three I'm four. You know what? Here's Tops. here's my and I don't know Eckhart. If you want to come on the show and talk to me, you can absolutely can because I have a feeling that Eckhart has has many thoughts at least a good oh. amount he mm -hmm. i think what his what he has learned or practiced or uh, embodies at this point is he allows the thoughts because that's the other thing mm -hmm. is i i am now i'm i'm at a point currently where it's not for me about getting rid of the mind and the thoughts it's really you really I allow them to be there and yeah. and allow it and then let them go and allow them and let them go and sometimes use them to my advantage and sometimes my disadvantage, whatever. And then I allow mm -hmm. that and I embrace that. Right. So it's this, mm -hmm. I, I wonder if, although when I witness Eckhart, you know, he is, you can tell he's very present. There is not, yeah. he's not pre-planning. He's so grounded, right? isn't he? So he's ground, He's not anticipating the future. That's um, somebody said to him once, you're so patient. And he said, really? Yeah, you're so patient. And he said, oh, I never saw myself as patient before. He said, but then I suppose it requires effort to be patient, you know, <laughs> because you, you, you need to be not happy where you are in order to have to implement patience for the next moment. He said, I'm always kind of happy where I am. So it doesn't require patience to just be here. hundred percent. I love that. Well, He's amazing. I love that. He's amazing. Yeah. Oh, for those who haven't uh, read him yet or watched him, then this is an invitation. And mm. uh, because we could talk for another two hours, maybe even just on Eckhart alone, uh, let's let's bring it back. So is there sure. anything else about the unknown that you would like to address before I turn it around and ask you a few more questions that you've already answered once, but I'll see what your responses are today. Sure. Um, um... A really nice practice is um, to sit with the unknown. Just sit with it, just find a chair or sit down on a pillow and practice just letting your mind go 
and your body go and just allowing whatever wants to come up to come up and it's a great practice for allowing the unknown to to come up because we want to try and control ourselves don't we control our thoughts and our minds and and our discomfort but how can we just be in that unknown oh what will happen what will happen you know mm-hmm. i love it and i agree 100 percent. that is such a great way of of practicing it and in mm-hmm. every moment if you find yourself sitting in the car or sitting at work you can do this too you know you don't you mm-hmm. don't you don't have to carve out extra time i think i i'm a big proponent in it and you can find yourself throughout the day can i sit and I remember um, one of my other favorite Eckhart's, Eckhartisms from the book is <laughs> thinking the thought, what will my next thought be? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, wait for the thought. Wait for the next thought. thought see what happens. Yeah. So again, that's being with the unknown. Yeah. All right. I think well, it was Pema Chodron that said about um, uh, taking uh, an inhale and then exhaling and then at the end of that exhale notice the silence and then inhale again and and, but that's the space that we're talking about is that space at the at the end of the exhale where just everything goes quiet it's a nice place to be but you can't live there all the time i mean i i say that maybe there are some people that can but i i I can't and i I wish i could (laughs) life would be so dull I would think that's true or would it I don't know I mean well and of course as you say that my initial reaction is well we can't um physically and I look to nature and I look to our bodies as learning devices and it would be impossible I I use that word loosely not to try to mm, put a black or white on it and yet if you imagine there is there always needs to be an inhale after an exhale now there Mm -hmm. can be times where you can retain that breath out for a long time, mm-hmm. sometimes seconds, minutes, mm-hmm. and that can be silence. And I wonder if our life isn't about, again, this is my opinion, not, you know, maybe not dwelling in that silence forever, but dwelling in, you know, expanding that space and that silence. And then there will be a time yeah. that we will need to inhale again. Mm-hmm. And then there's another silence. You can actually retain your breath at the top of that too. And then you can, you know, so I agree. There's, Beautiful. Um, dwelling in that silence is, is is definitely a it's a it's a blissful place to be. Uh, okay, so let's let's ask a few questions of you, which um, in things that inspire you and light you up. And and mm-hmm. uh, like I said, you've answered these before, but they may have changed or they may not have. And well, it doesn't matter to me. So in this moment, what um, who is a source of inspiration for you and why? It's changed. Um, Tony Robbins, quite different, not so spiritual. I don't remember your last one, so I'll have to. <laughs> well, everyone listening, don't, was, don't give it was away. A few. No, <laughs> no, there was a, there was, there was a few uh, books that I recommended last time. Um, yeah, uh, Tony Robbins. Um, I watched "I'm Not Your Guru" for maybe the tenth time, and. Uh, what really grabbed me about Tony Robbins was his sense of certainty. Because you can tie it back into the whole concept of the unknown. You know, if you can have a level of certainty around the unknown and delve into it with certainty, like it's going to be fine. 
it's going to be fine. And I know it's going to be fine and come at that with a certain level of passion. Yeah. Tony Robbins is amazing. If you haven't checked out Tony Robbins, I think most people in the self-help world will have heard of him. Um, incredible, powerful guy. Lives from the heart. Mm. Amazing. Well, I need to say two things. One is for some, um, I definitely have heard of Tony Robbins. I've seen a, some of his stuff, read a little, only a little, mm -hmm. and was actually mm -hmm. quite put off by it at first. Um, because yeah, it most people are. I wasn't ready for that uh -huh, energy. Right. Yeah. Um, I had didn't accept it in myself yet, right? So what we don't like in others is what we don't yet either uh, accept or see or embrace, I think, in ourselves. Yeah, that's, that's often the case. So his masculine, forceful energy, I was like, ooh, I don't like that about me. So yeah. I don't like that about you. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I, it's interesting you bring him up again because I do wonder if uh, I, would, I would perceive him differently now. And the other thing is the beautiful paradox um, that we, where we living in the unknown with certainty, because I think we think those two things have to be you know, separate and they aren't. There can be a deep certainty and knowing when we're in the unknown and that's the that's mm -hmm. that's the sweet spot so I, I love that that was your example of why he inspires you um, also he's kind of he he's an influence that's different um for me because a lot of what i speak about and write about uh tends to have a certain spiritual quality i suppose um whereas tony robbins is a spiritual guy but doesn't come from that angle um, and there's a lot more certainty in his work and a lot less surrender. But for me, it's nice to explore, you know, different people's work. And because it's nice to find the balance, you know, it's nice because life is only here to play with. So it's good to be able to have practices that you know that work and, and, and discover new things that, that you can also implement within your own framework. But that's the thing with these, with, with the gurus and the, the coaches and, and all those guys is they all have things to offer and they ha all have certain perspectives, but, and, and they, and they all work and that's the thing, you know, and they conflict with each other and, and it's just finding what works for you. So, you know, don't be, af don't be afraid to, to explore different things because you can take little bits and pieces from each of them and there are some real gems out there i love that you're saying that i love that you're saying that because i know that is at least the way i approach it is like more of the smorgasbord i want to sample yeah. a little bit of everything and there are yeah. others out there who contradictory will say mm. that would say no find something and stick with it and be devoted i believe both are okay. i mean that's what i'm learning yeah. is that that works and uh like buffet style works as well i mean and i love that you if it works life yeah, if it works for you with. do it yeah life is here to play with so yeah. let's enjoy the let's enjoy the dance all right second question um sure. i like to ask what place or activity is most inspiring you right now place or activity um What comes to mind? I'm smiling because it, it's not an answer that I you probably expect, but I'm listening to a lot of rock music at the moment. <laughs> not at all. So in terms of it. in terms of activity, um, yeah, that's something that I know I need at the moment. It's some heavy rock music. I like really heavy stuff. Um, 
And I don't know why at the moment I'm listening to the music I'm listening to, because I don't always, I'm not like a, I have to listen to, to heavy music constantly, but I have phases where I'm drawn to that kind of music and I'm having that kind of experience at the moment. And I think there's an energy within heavy music which resonates with me at the moment because I feel energized. Um, so it's a nice indicator of where I'm at. Mm-hmm. And, and I want the adrenaline. I want the, the energy to move forwards at the moment. So it, it complements that at the moment. That's a really strange answer, right? But, <laughs> but that's, that's just what comes to me. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. That's, yeah. All right. No, I like yeah. that. That's, um, one I haven't heard yet. And I also, that's why I love this question. And I love that you gave such a present answer for it. Like, this is what it is right now. Fantastic. Simple. Simple. <laughs> it can be simple. That's the other thing. It doesn't have to be extravagant, right? No, that's um, right. All right. Now we know you love books. You love to read. So do you have a mm-hmm. book that you want to, uh, that's coming to mind right now that has inspired you on your journey that you want to Sure. Yeah, um, sure. Um, there is a book that I'm reading by Isira, I-S-I-R-A. Um, she's a, an, Austra- an enlightened Australian lady from Adelaide, I think, and um, discovered her on YouTube, bought her book. I think it's called something like Dancing with the Buddha or something like that. Uh, search it and you'd find it on Google. Um, it's... quite different from anything Tony Robbins would write. Um, You know, she um, has experiences where she is able to see other dimensions and um, see spirit and stuff like that. And which is all kind of new to me, um, that side of things, Um, the energetic side of things I understand more about, but actually the things that she delves into you have to have a real open mind to to read that stuff and there's a real truth in the way that she writes um it feels like the truth when i read it so it's really it's a really interesting read for me uh because it it requires you to drop any skepticism that you have in order to really embrace it so and i'm i'm really enjoying it she's a fascinating lady and even if you just watch her on youtube um Isaira. She's a good one. Awesome. Mm, inspiring. Fantastic. Oh, I'm sitting here listening to you, Adam, and it's it's um how I think I want to conclude this or how I will conclude this show is this reminder that we are all a we all have our own unique experiences, gifts, expressions. The Tony Robbins, the Azairas, the Eckarts, the Adam Palmers, the Amanda Johnsons, the every single person listening and doing their thing and sharing their gifts. You know, we we will all share it in the way that we want to share it, express it in the way we want to express it. Some will, will some will overlap, some will conflict or seemingly conflict because that's the other thing is that the more I am alive uh, in this body at this point in time, I am recognizing that there is no one way, there is no two ways, there are as many ways as there are us. Um, I believe always point to the same. I, I, that's a belief I do carry that while Tony Robbins may say something different than what you're reading in this book, um, it, they aren't 
actually contradictory. They really are, I believe, pointing to the same. No. And I think to me, that is what lights me up. You're most. saying? Yeah, it's mm. like, can we find the commonality? Can we find the oneness? Can we find the sameness and still relish and dance and play with the uniqueness because that's what makes it interesting and that's what you know what allows me to be me and you be you and i can chuckle and giggle when i go but we're all the same anyway like what does it matter we're all the same so i'm Mm. really in that space right now in my life of embracing that and allowing that and seeing the miracles and the serendipity and the synchronicities and the joy and the pain and the sorrow and the bliss that comes with that and being with it all. I'm so ecstatic that I get to this, have this with others who are also experiencing that. Like what a gift to me. Thank you. So thank you. You're so good at it as well. You're so good at what you do. Mm, Thank you. And you're a brilliant speaker. Yeah. Mm Thank you so much. As are you, Mr. Podcast uh, newbie. You're just killing it now. You're killing it. (laughs) We'll have you back for round three. Oh, thanks. All right. Sounds good. Yeah, I'd love to. I really enjoyed chatting with you. Yeah, same. And thank you everyone for listening. I'm going to give my little shameless plug to be sure to subscribe because at this point, I don't know how often or how many of these beautiful episodes I'm releasing, but they're going to be coming fast and furious, I feel. And so be sure to subscribe so you get the alert. You'll know when these beautiful conversations are released so that you can be inspired to go out and express your unique version of who you are uh, while remembering that we all truly are the same in essence. And that to me is what this life is all about. Rate it, review it. If you like the show, I want more and more people to have access to these conversations. I want people to meet people like Adam, find him on the, on the internet. I will put links there. Look him up. Adam Palmer, Adam Palmer official on most social media. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah. So, yeah. Mainly Instagram. Yeah. Great. Watch his videos, read his Check posts, me out. send him a message. Um, please it continue. Yeah, I do. I do. I read all my messages. Yes. So do send him a message um, and go out and be the light and be the love in the world and make sure that you are, you know, doing what fuels you and feels right for you. So thanks for tuning in. And until next time, many, many blessings.